Look for the Bulldog Insider Chasing Monoton spinoff on broadband uh, this offseason. <laughs> I'm here to whine. The first college hockey internet geek. Pop, yeah. that's, that's, I'm all for that podcast. We can let's do that get, one. Let's I got get time. that going. Let's get that Not going. Really, that's but that's a, a Rink Live uh, collaboration with you guys. We'll, we'll get that one going. <laughs> Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, Dustin Lindstrom, and Matt Cavender. Welcome to episode 27 of season three of the Chasing McNaughton Podcast presented by Tech Hockey Guide. I'm Tim Brown, your host, and I'm joined this week by Dustin Lindstrom. Hey everyone, Rob Gilreath, yes, and Matt Cavender. Hello, everyone from the conductor of the AIC bandwagon. Okay, <laughs> don't they have like one of their own people to conduct the bandwagon? No, they need me. <laughs> uh, this week, we reached out to Matt Wellens from the Duluth News Tribune to discuss Michigan Tech's NCA opponent in Loveland, the UMD Bulldogs. Thanks for joining us, Matt. Oh, I thought we were here to talk about Northern Michigan in the NCAA tournament. Oh, yeah, no, they're not, 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 they're this not year. here again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this week, we'll chat with Matt about Northern Michigan. Just kidding. The Bulldogs uh, discuss the mayhem in Mankato, uh, preview the Loveland Regional and the rest of the NCAA tournament, talk about the Joe Sean Hour today, and answer your questions. I honestly don't know. We got one question from Robert Mackey. I will ask it. I have no idea if it's directed at Matt. It or it doesn't make any sense to me. So we'll see what 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 it means to anybody else. Uh, anything I'm missing, guys? I didn't know there was a Joe show. When I refreshed at five, there wasn't one up there yet. So I don't. Oh, I don't know if it ever got posted, but I did okay. listen live. So Cal's oh. probably you know busy or something. Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, all right, let's do the thank you notes plus a brief note from our sponsors. And we'll get back and uh, chat about last week's games and the NCAA tournament ahead. Fibke Dental is a general dentistry practice located in downtown Rhinelander, Wisconsin, home of the Hodag. Look online at FibkeDental.com or find them on Facebook. They do pain-free dentistry for kids, adults, people that went to great schools, and people that ended up at Northern Michigan. Stop in and say hi between 8 and 5 and tell them THG sent you. That is F-I-E-B-K-E dental.com. Do you work in manufacturing, product design, or product development? Is your business trying to improve efficiency while also producing at scale? Livonia Technical Services can help. They provide world-class quality improvement training and consulting for failure modes and effect analysis, product development, and cost reduction. All things that could help Northern Michigan assemble a competent defense. If you think your business could use a prevention mindset and reduce manufacturing costs, a partnership with Livonia Technical Services might be right for you. Check them out at LivoniaTech.net. That's L-I-V-O-N-I-A Tech.net. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13.
Uh, welcome back. Let's get right into things with Matt Wellens since we only have him for a limited amount of tonight's podcast because he is in Pennsylvania on his way to Loveland after spending the last few days at the Women's Frozen Four in, I'll say Happy Valley. I know some other people on this podcast would use different terminology that probably doesn't belong on a podcast. So that's um, better than over the air. <laughs> it's true. Uh, but I did get asked that when we swear we should on the public podcast, we should put a hockey whistle over the top of it, but that's too much work for me. So I'm just going to put the E tag on it. So, so Matt, first off, how was the women's frozen four? Yeah, it was, it was a, it was a fun week. This is my second women's frozen four. uh, first non well, non full pandemic frozen four, I, I guess for, for women's hockey, it was at uh Penn state in uh state college slash university park, uh pennsylvania which is if you don't know where penn state is it's smack dab in the middle of uh the state really in the middle of nowhere like houghton is less in the middle of nowhere than than penn state like well maybe maybe not maybe not some impressive words there maybe that's push i mean but it is it's like you're driving through the middle of nowhere like you can fly into state college it's hard it's expensive um, we flew into Philadelphia, the, my photographer Clint Austin and I from the News Tribune, we flew into Philly in part because then, uh, we thought we'd be going to maybe Allentown or Worcester or Albany. Uh, Loveland was the, seemed to be the farthest from, uh, possibilities for the UMD men's hockey team, but we thought we could be on the road for, uh, multiple weeks here with, uh, how the tournaments all lined up. So we flew into Philly. That's where we're back right now. We got an early morning flight. On, on Tuesday out to, to Denver and such. But yeah, women's frozen four. It's, it's really good hockey when you get to, to that level, you know, women's hockey that there's more and more parity coming to the sport, but the, there's also, you know, when you get UMD or Minnesota taken on a St. Cloud or um, Bemidji's had its up and downs, Minnesota state's had its up and downs. Those matches can sometimes be a little boring, but you get like Ohio state and UMD, the national championship was, was, was really good uh, Sunday night. And, UMD Northeastern going to double overtime. A lot of skill out there. I mean, you're seeing a lot of Olympians from various countries in in women's college hockey, and 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 it's fun to watch. It's it, it it's close to that. You know, these are the feeder systems for for the Olympics for the United States and Canadian national teams and, and European teams. So, um, you know, uh, it's uh, to paraphrase to kind of change a quote from Scott Sadlett after he lost a bunch of guys to the NHL one year. He said, "It sucks to have good players." <laughs> um, for, for a beat writer, it, it's, uh, it sucks to cover two good hockey teams cause you're on the road a lot and, and, and such, but you know, it's, it's a good problem to have first world problems, uh, over here in Duluth right now with, with two really good hockey teams. Yeah, no, I, uh, I tuned in on, I, I, well, I watched some on Friday on my phone with some bulldog fans cause I decided to attend the frozen face off on Friday cause I had nothing better to do. And that was kind of fun. I didn't. I don't think I ended up actually watching the the overtime winner because by the time that happened, I was back up in the press box doing other stuff. But uh, the the yeah the the U of D men's game actually almost ended before the the women's game, and there was yeah. a two hour difference in there. I was yeah. actually really rooting for the the men's game to to finish before just for <laughs> notoriety's sake and and such. It was a long, long double double OT game, but but a really good hockey team between Northeastern and UMD. Yep. And the, and it was really funny sitting with the UMD fans for most of the second period because that was the first overtime. 
I believe and, I believe so. Yeah. And there was like seven different groups of people watching and they were all cheering at different and like ooing and eyeing at different moments because all of our phones were like lagging different amounts. So we'd be like, oh, over here. And then you'd hear the same reaction up there because they just saw the save that didn't end up in a goal. And and that was fun. And then Sunday I tried to watch and, you know, as much as we give crap to flow hockey, like I learned a few things about ESPN plus that I don't necessarily like, like I didn't understand how ESPN can't handle changing the channel for me because the game Apparently there was some lacrosse game that went long. And yeah. so they yep. started on ESPN news, which took forever for the app to actually let you watch hockey. I think it started two plus minutes into the game before I could get it working. And then. Yeah. The like, trick there is to just watch the channel of what was on. It'll just kind of stay playing sometimes. Like sometimes. With the selection sometimes show, I watched, I yeah. watched the end of yeah. the, but the I couldn't game like, to roll whatever it was show. because I was watching on a littler TV. I couldn't even see which one was on ESPNU, and then that one wasn't loaded. It was being dumb, whatever. <laughs> so it was a big problem. And then, but then the other problem was is then I got it working by clicking on the hockey game, right? And then, like seven minutes later, it switched back to being on ESPNU, and all of a sudden, I'm watching cornhole instead of being switched to the right channel. And it was like, why? I literally picked the hockey game. Why can't you switch it for me? Like, that's one thing that Bally Sports does well is they have like the streaming channel. So you don't get bounced back and forth if there's a game like that, where it's like when you're in the app, you can either watch the broadcast or you can watch quote unquote the stream. And then that way, if it's getting bounced between channels, you don't lose it. But like ESPN doesn't handle that well at all. Yeah, I so I do a weekly thumbs up, thumbs down, three stars kind of column, and it, and it's more, uh, it, it's it's a way to get something relevant in our in our print product with our print schedule, and I won't go behind the <laughs> the go uh, inside baseball and how that all works. But yeah, my thumbs down was actually to like linear television because. It just, it's hard, like linear television sports just don't mix anymore, especially with how, how every, like they stack the games on top of each other, right? ESPN like, has always had a problem yeah, when it comes to hockey like, of like fitting everything in, in the smallest window they can. And if there's any hiccup at all, it screws everything up and they don't almost, know what they're doing. It's almost like they don't talk about an entire regional when they have a selection show because they've had the women's game too long. Yeah. Well, they well, actually like, got a weird. longer show, I think, than they normally would have. Yeah, it uh, Todd, was like 40 minutes or something like that. Yeah, yeah Todd Maluski made the joke uh, when women's hockey fans were complaining about the ES, you know, game's supposed to be on ESPNU, but then they started on ESPN News because the lacrosse game runs long and then switchbacks. And he said, you know, congratulations, women's hockey. That's how you know you made it. ESPN is bouncing you between <laughs> stations and stuff. And it, like the NCHC, the same thing happens on their CBS Sport. The C the production is great on CBS Sports Network, but like having it on CBS Sports Network, I mean, you'll have Mac basketball games that go into overtime that used to push back starts. Now they, you know, oh, start the game online and then rejoin it on TV. But it's just like a mess when it's on TV and when a game's just on like ESPN Plus or NCHC TV. Um, the WCHA, the women's league, now that they were free of the men, they dumped flow hockey and went to big 10 plus, and it's way cheaper and actually works way, way better than, than flow hockey. 
Um, you know, that works great. I don't, I love watching the NHL games on, on ESPN plus. Um, I do hate the blackout thing. So when I live in Minnesota, when I'm in Minnesota, I can't watch the wild, um, there, but you know, I, I just like streaming. It's just so much simpler. Um, and I don't know why ESPN gets confused with, there's some technical glitch there, obviously. And I, and I heard it from women's hockey fans. I think this is the first time a lot of them had to deal with it that, yeah. um, you know, we've had for years on the, the men's side. So I no, wish I mean, they put the, I wish they'd put all the tournaments on ESPN plus. That's me, the cord cutter. Um, yeah, right, maybe, I'm right there with you. Then maybe we wouldn't have these weird long breaks either. I, I just looked at, because I'm coming off the women's national championship game Sunday night. Um, I had colleagues, thankfully, uh, throughout, the News Tribune and the Rink Live that were able to handle the the bracket uh, selection and such, um, the announcement. So I just looked at it uh, on the car ride to State College to Philadelphia, and, and there's like six hours in between some of these games. Like, are we expecting a lot of five OT battles going on here? But it looks like it's ESPN's weird um, TV schedule that they got going on on, on ESPNU. So um, it's not fan. They, yeah, it's not fan friendly. Like- yeah, it's not fit friendly to the fans that are going to. The, it's going to be yeah. really friendly to those of you who are, which is most college hockey fans, right? No one goes to these regionals because they're too far away from any of their teams and they're expensive oh. and it's hard to get there at the last minute. Um, like State College was tough to get. There weren't a lot. I think you probably saw a lot of UMD fans at the frozen face off in St. Paul instead of at the women's frozen four because they looked up planes and hotels at the last minute and there was just. There were no hotels left in State College. All the flights were super expensive to State College, so they, they stayed behind. Um, otherwise, you might have seen more UMD fans, I think, skip the NCHC championship and and come out to the women's Frozen Four. But, like, that's what, you know, uh, I, I'm really disappointed that, uh, you know, uh, we'll use their uh, online names. Biddy and Mean Girl aren't uh, going to be in, in Loveland this weekend because I just wanted to sit. Well, I mean, I, I didn't if, want to be if, in the press box. I wanted to sit like between the two of them and watch them go at it uh, for for tech and and UMD. As soon as that's announced, I'm like, oh, that's going to be fun. Um, but they're going to they're, they're It sounds like they're staying at home, too. And um, David so, is David is attending if uh, the, the regional final, if Duluth beats Michigan Tech, if I said, if I said, <laughs> if David. So that that's what I heard. Uh, I do not I do not believe Bethlehem plans on doing it if Tech wins, because um, she'll probably just be happy enough that they didn't lose, and then she'll just expect that they lose to Denver in the next game anyway. So, uh, yeah, it, like I I honestly think like I know Rob and I were both kind of rooting for Tech to end up in Albany or Worcester. Now this is the this is the year where the East Coast would have been fun. Like you literally yeah. could make a weekend of driving around the East Coast and doing nothing but watching hockey games. Yeah, I kind of like from a. I'm dumb enough to do it. From a, yeah, from a tech forth. fan perspective, <laughs> we would have just spent all weekend driving back and forth between Albany and Worcester and watch every game we could. And I think I just like would have done it with Allentown too. Yeah, it's that close. Even Allentown is only like a three hour drive, and we're Midwesterners. Three hour drives are like, eh, whatever. Right. right. <laughs> we were always. Cracks me when people are like, trains will never work in the Midwest, like across America. Like we aren't people that are like, oh, it's only a 12 hour drive. Why would I ever fly that? You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause there, there was literally this part of me that was like, if my car was in a little better shape, I might've just driven to Loveland, but I don't really want to put like, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm 26 hours in Minneapolis to that's fly. A bore, that's, a bore, that's a boring drive through some of the most boring, flattest parts of the country. I know. Nebraska should never be traversed. 
I know, but <laughs> but at the same time, like hey, I also I didn't really expect it to still only be forty some thousand frequent flyer miles to get out there. So I got some good brewery recommendations in in Omaha. So you got a good pit stop there. No, I I know what I'm doing in Omaha. I mean, I don't know about beer, but I know where to eat in Omaha. I got stuck there for work like five different times in the last. I year love and Omaha. Half, so. I love Omaha. I do kind of wish Tech would play there so I could have another reason to go down there and watch some hockey and and enjoy the restaurants that I found when I was down there. Remember when the WCHA, um, it was that first year after realignment and all the other leagues are chasing TV contracts, right? The NCHC's getting their deal with CBS Sports Network and the Big Ten thinks it's going to put Big Ted hockey on <laughs> seven days a week and get magnificent ratings. And um, their Notre Dame had NBC Sports, a station that doesn't even exist anymore, and NESN for the rest of the East Coast. And and the WCHA was actually like forward thinking. They're like, oh, we're going to just put all our games online and stream them. And the streaming quality was, depending where you were at, was eh. But like I loved that man. I mean, it also had multi-view, that, which went away with flow. Yeah, so you could like actually the first, the first four that stretch games. that was stretch, oh, right? Stretch. Was yeah, that, yeah, I loved watching those late night Alaska games. Yeah, um, it was like that first year the WCHA had stretch. It was really, really good. Um, that, that might have been the classic case of a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, there weren't yeah. a lot of options. I don't think back then that flow hockey stepped in and I think they gave the league some money and, and such to, to be a part of that. And um, I'm not entirely sure on the deal. I know the uh, free admin and media passes went away uh, when, when flow hockey came around. Uh, otherwise they, we they, used... they did not. Oh, they did not. Okay. No, I've had one the whole time. Well, you're special. I obviously <laughs> was not anymore. I left the, I left the family to the yeah. evil NCHC and they revoked mine and took it away. Well, that makes sense because you're not actually covering one of the teams. It's still in, a college anymore, hockey right? media. I'm, yeah. an, I'm an esteemed Northern Michigan alumni, man. I mean, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, we only get one for all of us. That's and, true. And you can't share it because they block like multi login, uh, at least if you're at a different IP address. So, yeah, we can't share it for all of us, but whatever. Yeah, I'd love to see college hockey just go go on. Let's just go streaming. And maybe maybe what happened with the women's tournament uh, the other day is going to convince um, people to start thinking uh, about it more. Um, well, I don't prob- understand because how does – who owns the streaming rights to that stuff? Is it ESPN? The NCAA, yeah, it'd be they- ESPN, ESPN owns the, the broadcasting and stream – they own the broadcasting and streaming rights. They do. Uh, so they're choosing not to put it on ESPN+. Plus. Yeah, they're choosing right there. I think some of it is pressure. Like there's still people, you know, women's hockey, especially. Well, I'm saying if they own both, they can yeah. do both. They don't have to just put it on. They if could. You have, I mean, I've yeah. seen. Yeah, I've seen ESPN do it with other like Major League Baseball, college, college other college sports championships, um, NFL. They've put stuff on their cable stations and on ESPN plus without a cable login. Yeah. yeah, without a cable login, like yeah. they're trying to build some, you know, I, I don't know, maybe it's the NCAA that's pushing them. I, I could see that uh, an older way of thinking of, you know, people still I hate when people say uh, if a game's on like CBS Sports Network or ESPNU that it's national television, because like most of the nation actually does not get ESPNU 
Like that's an obscure cable station no. that you if need to pay. If it's not on ESPN or ESPN two, it's not national. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and you CBS can even, CBS Sports is not national. CBS Sports Network is really yeah. That's that's really hard. So I hate when people say national TV. Like, um, I, I don't think the streaming numbers have necessarily caught up to the cable subscribers, but and I know you know our country we can get into a whole. Uh, you can send me on rants for for hours here on the lack of broadband internet in rural areas and how that's holding us all back. Oh, um, yeah, we don't we don't want that soapbox to be hit, Matt, because I'll go for an hour or two with you. That's yeah. my field, and I get angry. So and, Rob, just, and Rob would have moved by now if broadband yes, internet was I would a thing have all over three times by now. I've, I've had to pass up buying some houses in rural Duluth because uh, yep. because couldn't get internet there and such so but um, if you want to drop 10 grand for them to bury the cable for you yeah. they'll do it yeah. look for the bulldog insider chasing spin spinoff on broadband uh this <laughs> offseason <laughs> i'm here to whine the first college hockey internet geek pod- yeah. that's, that's, i'm all for that podcast we can let's do that, that one let's i got get time. that going let's get that Not going really, that's uh, that's a, a rink live uh collaboration with you guys we'll, we'll no. get that one going no I, I agree with you like from the streaming perspective it would be really great if college hockey could have figured out a way to be like can we all be on espn plus can we all be on flow whatever it is i don't care Just i think it's a on, so i'm not dropping on the same one it's a, yeah, I think people one. feel that there's that old way of thinking, like if you're on cable, then you've made it or something yeah, like but that. that. But and, there's nothing wrong with having a streaming package and then having a game of the week on cable. Like that's yeah, I, like that is completely allowed. Like otherwise you wouldn't have games on Amazon and on broadcast and on NFL network all at the same time. Like there it's possible to do it. Now I learned, was it last week? A couple of weeks ago, we learned that, uh, the WC or the CCHA cannot do that because apparently flow owns their TV rights, even though they have no plans on ever broadcasting anything on TV because they don't have a network, but like there's plenty of opportunity to like, I mean, kudos to flow to try to basically say, if you want to watch CCHA hockey, you have to subscribe to us and make sure that no one else swoops in. I mean, I don't know who's swooping in to put CCHA hockey on. Well, it's just they want their their cut. If, 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 if Fox wants to show a game or thankfully for TV six, they had their deal before this happened. So they can't Trump NMU tech games, but uh, yeah, it's just weird how, how I really wish college hockey had done a little more effort in, and I'm sure some of it is the, like the NCHC is probably happy to kind of do their own thing. I forget who helps them with that. Is that New Lion? Uh, I believe so. I mean, all the branding is their own. I love NCHC TV. It's great. They do a good job and, and such. Yeah, it would be great if all of college hockey could <laughs> agree and get together and pick one. I mean, man, how epic would that be? But mm-hmm. every league acts independently. Every league wants its own cut. CCHA's got a, a deal with flow hockey. Uh, I think Atlantic Hockey is also in College I'm Hockey America. Yeah, I believe Atlantic Hockey and College Hockey America. Um, same league, different names for men's and women's, essentially. But they're, uh, I think they're also flow hockey, if I, I remember right. And um, ECAC, I'm not sure it's all ESPN. the ECAC, but the Ivies have a, a deal with ESPN with ESPN plus. plus. So you can watch all, all of those on, on there. Um, I'm not sure what hockey East has. Some of those schools might be on ESPN plus some of those. I think schools they're are... all on Nesson and Nesson. 
has their own like okay. Nesson Plus thing like Big Ten does now, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Big Ten Plus actually for the women's WCHA was great this year. It was 50 bucks. We got all the games. Uh, it was it was a great deal. I, I loved it. I hope it was better than the effort that Michigan and Michigan State put in for the faux GLI this year where we had to pay Big Ten Plus to watch that. And it was not. How good. much did they charge you? Well, I was like, we had to do a month pass for men's hockey, right? And I think it was like 15, 20 bucks. It wasn't bad for the price. Yeah, it was, it was just it was like, a month pass, but it just made me appreciate terrible. flow hockey yeah. way more because the quality was just not there. It was bad. You could, it was either you, like all the Western... production people were on vacation because it happened between Christmas and New Year's or uh, a bunch of rookies were doing it, whatever. It, it was just bad. Like, yeah, you know, the, women's, the, Western... the women's games on Big Ten Plus were, were produced pretty well. And I mean, that was even like at St. Thomas where, they're playing in a high school rink, so it's it's limited capabilities. I mean, some of the views are a little uh, obscured because you got netting, but I, I thought they did a, they did a good job. OSU Ice Rink, where the women played there too, that's not exactly a great uh, place to to try and produce a game. But uh, I watched a couple games, uh, UMD uh, against uh, at Ohio State, that were were pretty good. So um, yeah, it, the the college hockey world. This is where you wish like college hockey Inc had more power to like come together and. I think it really would be good for for the sport. I'm sure this would be true for like college baseball, college wrestling, um, some of the other niche college sports to just band together, have one streaming package that you could watch all the games. But good luck trying to get all the leagues and all the schools to agree on a who's running that service and b how you're then splitting all that revenue. Yeah, I mean, but I mean. If you just took the model of like the MCHC is doing and multiplied that, I think that would be great because you're just talking about, okay, when you sign up, you pick your team or you pick your league that you're, you're primarily funding and, and that, you know, half goes to them and half goes to the, the overall group or whatever, and, or whatever needs to go to the company doing the work. But like, that would have been nice. Cause it just sucks that you have to have ESPN plus, uh ncac tv and flow hockey to watch pretty much everything i think you got matt you said that a lot of the hockey east was actually like free right yes a lot of hockey i I believe all of hockey east is free to stream which is nice but Hmm. that's not gonna last much longer i mean it's been going on for like five years i think they would throw a riot if i would be i mean you're right well i think it's i think all the it's all streamed but nesson has a deal to broadcast a lot of it on tv so they get some money that that way i mean baseball's major league baseball's heading towards this path right you're gonna need uh mlb tv you're gonna need espn you're gonna need uh peacock you're gonna need apple tv like they're spreading all their uh games across multiple streaming platforms as well so yeah i guess it's just the eventually this is gonna get i i hope it gets sorted out but I mean, maybe streaming's turning into cable too, where you got to bop all over the place to figure out where the heck is my game on tonight. Since we only have you for <laughs> negative right. two minutes now, right, Matt? You can get me a little longer here yeah. yet, but yeah, so I got to talk I gotta, about the Bulldogs. The actual talks of hockey now, yeah. I went to the Friday game, and I honestly like a lot of people were asking me what I thought because at the time I don't think Tech had locked yet, although shortly around that time. Quinnipiac won, so that guaranteed Tech was in. And a lot of people were asking me how I felt about things. And I basically said, after watching that Friday game between the Bulldogs and Denver, I felt a lot better about Tech. Because it didn't feel 
like they were head and shoulders better. Now, part of that's probably because at the XL Energy Center press box, you don't really get the sense of how fast they are because you are like a mile away from them. <laughs> but it still didn't feel a whole lot different than the, the, the four or three Minnesota State Tech games I watched. Like, it just didn't. Um, so what, do you, what are your impressions of Duluth this year? I mean... Uh- Throw out the regular season, I think, at this point. Uh, you really have to throw that out. Um, you know, I've actually only seen UMD in person because I've been with the women's team uh, for the NCAA tournament here. Uh, one in their last three games. And, you know, that first game in St. Cloud, uh, A, the big difference is Noah Cates. Noah Cates was playing so much better. Um, he looked like the guy that, you know, was was an easy pick to, to send to the Olympics. And he looked like the player that was a strong player for for Team USA in, in the Olympics as well. And I think, uh, you know, in talking to him, it was the same things I heard from Emma Soderberg for the women's was it like these young kids come back from the Olympics and they think they can just rip the Band-Aid off. In fact, those are the exact words Emma Soderberg used when I asked her how she's going to readapt back to, to college life and college athletics after playing um, ridiculous minutes in, in goal for, for Sweden. And she said, I'm just going to rip the Band-Aid off. That's how I do it when I – you know, come from Sweden to, to Duluth to get over the jet lag and the time difference and all that. And, um, that, and Noah, the same thing, he's just going to jump right back into it. And I think both of them, and, and I think a lot of those Olympians around college hockey found out like that's, that's really hard to do with a 14 hour time difference that really uh, messes with, with your body and, and such. So Noah Cates, I think is a big, uh, you know, change for UMD in the, I, I noticed it again, that, that first game in St. Cloud and then, um, you know, watching him here, whether it's on an iPad and a Buffalo Wild Wings and outside Mary, <laughs> uh, in Minneapolis, or, um, I, I didn't get to see much of that, that Denver game. It's a game I need to go back and uh, rewatch during my four hour flight tomorrow. Um, but watching that game on, on Saturday against Western, um, I, I said on Twitter, like, I've seen this movie before. I've seen it a lot. The Bulldogs in the postseason are real. They're not going to score a lot of points. Like Tech does not have to worry about trying to run and gun with with UMD. That's not going to happen. But you do got to worry about like not letting them get out ahead. Or if you are going to take a lead on UMD, you better put up some goals. Like you better get a two three goal lead on them. Oh, we're screwed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you better get that three goal lead. Or you know, yeah, UMD came back from a two goal deficit against St. Cloud in game two of that series. Like you better get a three goal lead and bury them. Um, Cause UMD just does such a good job. And when they play like this, they're, they can beat any, anyone and Western and Denver, I think are two of the best teams in the country uh, that, you know, them and Minnesota state uh, and, and then Michigan are, are probably like my top four um, consistently teams. I saw talent wise in, in college hockey this year. And uh all UMD, you know, they get it. They get a goal or they get some goals. They get a lead, and that play in the neutral zone, their ability to not let you get set up in in your offensive zone and and just chip those pucks out to the neutral zone. And um, it's almost like a they dare you to come to come beat them, right? Like we're gonna get that puck, chip it out of the chip it into the neutral zone, make you skate back into your zone, regroup come back at us and we're going to take the puck back from you again and just make you do it over and over and over again. Like I remember them doing that to UMass in the national championship in Buffalo in 2019. Like they led most of that game one, nothing. Um, and they just waited for either a UMass to make the mistake and let you know go in and, and score a goal or, 
or B just dared you to try and come at them. And um, you got to play aggressive against UMD. You got to get uh, in their face, uh, whether it's on the power play or the penalty kill. You can't give them any time and space. Um, you know, that's what, what tech has has to do um, the, to get by the Bulldogs here. Like UMD can be beat by anyone. They can also beat anyone. You, you have to play a really disciplined game against UMD and maybe try and find a way to get them to play undisciplined. Because uh, in the regular season, UMD made a lot. Uh, Scott Sandlin called them the Christmas team because they were handing out so many presents there for for a while. If, if you can get them to play undisciplined and and sloppy and, and such and and not in that framework, um, you have a chance. But, man, it's like you say the word postseason and a, a – switch gets flipped or a no it's like a horseshoe that gets inserted somewhere i'm con- i i said on the rink last weekend rewind that i wonder if there's like a hypnotist in amsoil arena <laughs> that like is like you know someone says postseason and then bam like they go into <laughs> like something happens and and, yeah. and such or some date on the calendar a chip that's been implanted like all of a sudden yeah. goes off they just man just how well they've played in these last four games um it makes me just kind of wonder where the heck it was during the regular season. Yeah. I, I, and I know I, I, well, I took a lot of crap from what Siski and a few fans about my comment. Cause I put up a poll on who tech was going to, who tech could play going into Saturday was three teams. And there's a 9% chance that it was UMD according to CHN. And you're basically looking at it going, I think the, a third of our fans picked UMD. And I was like, what, what are you guys smoking that you have forgotten about? Like I, I said, said, your the... fans picked drinking buddies that they uh, yeah. thought like, who do I want to go <laughs> drink out in Colorado with? Like, who's going to appreciate a good craft beer? I was trying to talk who's about how appreciate a good you, craft beer with me. The Bulldog fans fan. of the team that you write about <laughs> got all upset. Cause I said, the horseshoe comment and they all thought i meant like you guys have dumb luck and i didn't say dumb luck i said you've been lucky you don't go what seven and oh seven straight overtime wins without being lucky like overtime is luck like i think you you make you make your luck but yeah you you don't win seven straight overtime games without some luck in there i i think it comes down to really good goaltending too like that's that's where those overtime wins come in yeah um just really really good goaltending i mean i I, you know the umd women sometimes are are a very similar story like they just have phenomenal goaltending there between maddie rooney and and now Emma Soderberg and Jojo Chobak comes out of nowhere. And we see the same thing with the men is like goalies that you're not really sh- like Hunter Shepard. No one was Hunter Miska leaves. And it's like, oh, man, Dick Deary and Hunter Shepard, two guys that have never played. Uh, one of them's got to be the starter. And Hunter Shepard goes on to be like arguably one of the greatest NCAA goaltenders, you know, NCAA tournament goaltenders in in, in, in the history of the, the sport going eight. No. And, um, you know, I think goaltending plays a huge huge part of that and that's why umd has had the success in the postseason that's why they win those overtime games in the in the postseason so yeah, yeah i've 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 heard the you know uh, another colleague of mine says you know um a rabbit not a horseshoe uh, uh, up their butt they got a, a rabbit rabbit's <laughs> foot up their their butt and um so based on history more than likely the early game here goes to overtime right and four I mean, games games over- that i cover uh, yeah. Last night was the uh, or yeah Sunday night in the women's national championship. I think was my first non-frozen four OT game 
almost every game. I'm trying to go back now and, and look at it. Well, the women, uh, their first two uh, NCAA tournament games were non-OT, but I mean, I just in general, Bulldogs, men's, women's hockey teams, they play out of OT games. So Tech yeah. loves OT like uh, this oh, season. Yeah. We, so We love it's, five it's... on five OT. That's fine. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we should, we could, I, I could see it going to OT. That'll be great for my ticker at altitude. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we've got you. What do we think is going to happen in the game? I mean, we've decided overtime. We've decided low scoring and we've decided overtime between these two teams. Right. Right. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm having a hard time picking against UMD right now, just the way they're, they're rolling in the postseason. Um, also my wife, uh, is is also I, I'm I'm listening to her. She's been pretty good this postseason. Where I've sat there and said, I don't know if the UMD women are going to make it out to the Frozen Four. They got a tough matchup against Minnesota, and um, you know I don't know if UMD is going to make a run through the Frozen Faceoff. They got to get by Denver and Western. Um, you know that's a tough draw. Uh, but you know she keeps telling me, nope, you're I'm I'm not going to see you again for for another week here. She's already told me the Bulldogs are going to the the Frozen Four in, in Boston as as well because it, it makes our uh, life a little more difficult with me being away so um i believe her frozen four that i submitted for my rake live question of the week um because i didn't have access to brad schlossman's coin which is usually uh, a pretty good uh, predictor of the tournament uh she's got uh, michigan north dakota umass and, and umd and i might swap out north I might swap out North Dakota for Minnesota State. I, I really think the Mavericks are are a really good team uh, this year. They've been number one in my USCHO poll. So um, uh, this is a tough draw. And for, they're the only team that won twice on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're the only <laughs> team that won two conference titles in, in one night. So they got that going. They, they got a double automatic bid. So they can lose. I believe they can lose yeah. their, uh, their first round game and then they get a redo. They get they, to. They have, a, they have a ghost win in that first game. Right, right? exactly. Yeah. They got a mulligan. Yeah. So, um, you know, so Harvard. If they lose, uh, then they have to play a mini game with Harvard. Correct, right? correct. There, yeah. you will, a mini game will happen uh, af- afterwards. Disclaimer um, to everybody listening to this that's not true. <laughs> there will be no mini game. In the, yeah. You're going to have to play well, mini see, sticks in the hallway at the hotel for the yeah. winter. That's what I think. <laughs> listening to you talk about Minnesota State as being one of your favorite teams is what lets me a little bit of hope in terms for tech, right? Because the tech Minnesota State games were, we lost them four times. There's no denying that, right? But they were all incredibly tight down to the wire. Uh, one was overtime, one a breakaway could have solved that empty net, you know. We scored first three times. Yeah. We should have gotten played. that second goal both times in Houghton and just couldn't get it. Yep. Tech the third game well was against Minnesota yeah, State this year. Three two to one losses, and the third one was three one with an empty net goal. So it's like we're right there. And yeah, I think for tech, they got you got to get to two and maybe three to, to beat beat yeah. UMD. Just scoring that one goal and then trying to hang on like an old school Tom Saratory Bemidji State team uh, is not not going to happen. Like someone from UMD is going to find a way to put that that puck in the net. And it's going to be a tall time. Ryan, if Ryan Fanti plays like he did um, against Western, I mean, man, he was good in that game. Um, if he plays like that, like he's been playing in the playoffs, it, it's going to be tough to get for anyone to even a, a team like Denver that can that can score at will. Man, they they struggled at that times. They lit up UMD. Um, other times they they really struggled to to score on the Bulldogs. And again, it is it's not all Ryan Fanti. 
UMD plays a, a good, you know, defensive style as, as well. So, um, it could be a little bit of a, a war of attrition, but you know, those two, what it's, uh, 2 p.m. Central start, uh, 1 p.m. Uh, mountain time, I believe. Yep. Weird things happen in those early games sometimes. Like that can throw teams off if they're not used to playing them. So, um, it's well, then like you it, throw in the altitude and you throw in who knows who's going to be refing this series and what they're going to call. The, uh, it, that, it can be interesting. Now, in the women's tournament, we were all prepared for in the past, we've seen the Eastern officials. Eastern officials, Western officials, they call the game completely different in, in women's hockey. In the West, uh, it's it's very physical. They, they let you bump and, and even get away with some checks and stuff. Um, but it was, I mean, in general, teams tend to, you don't see the, the ump shows or anything like that once you get into the NCAA tournament because they don't, leagues don't have their supervisors of officials. Guys will ref a little more free. I thought in the women's tournament there was some great situational um, officiating going on. Um, almost soccer style, like let's let the play out. Let's let this play out a little bit before calling the penalty or, or not. Like, sure. did, was there a change in, in possession? I saw that multiple times in the women's tournament, and I, I really like the refing there. So I don't know if that's and that's different from past NCAA women's tournaments. Um, usually those East Coast teams they see the Western bumping around and that arm goes up and they're calling penalties and none of that was this year. So I don't know if that's something the NCAA tell it officials, hey, let's back off and and let them decide this themselves. So. That that could be interesting in, in the men's NCAA tournament as as well. Maybe officiating. Offici- it's been a while, I think, since officiating has been has decided or impact games in, in the men's tournament. So well, and I'm not saying uh like I mean it can't can, show, but at the same time, if if this game gets into inter- a decent amount of special teams, that's a big deal because Michigan Tech is way better statistically on those things than Duluth has been. Now, granted. They did very well with special teams this weekend, at least on the penalty kill. I didn't catch UMD's penalty kill was. is UMD's penalty kill has been decent all year. It's the power play that that struggled, it's, but UMD yeah. offensively in general struggled during the regular season. So yeah, yeah. Whereas Michigan Tech is like top five in both, and if we get a handful of power plays, we're probably getting a goal. But that's that's got to happen. And and if Duluth is as good as you know as good as expected that probably means it's going to be difficult for tech to be drawing penalties because they're just not the they're not the fast overmatching team that's going to get you you know uh, i mean the way to, the way to draw penalties is have possession of the puck right you gotta have yeah. the puck to draw a penalty that's when you're gonna you know if you don't have the puck you're not gonna get you're not gonna draw penalties and, and umd right now is just not letting teams establish any possession with the puck like they're making you you know, come and get them and, and, and such uh, chase pucks back into your own zone and and everything like that. So, uh, you know, that'll be another thing for tech is try and find a way to establish possession, get UMD to chase them, run them around. If you can get a team tired in their own zone, they're going to eventually someone's going to drag you down, create some chaos in front of the net. Someone panics and hooks or holds or, or tackles someone. Um, you know, that's that's what you need to do. Well, thanks for sticking around longer than you said you would, Matt. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, look forward to seeing some some tech fans uh, out in Loveland. Uh, it'd be cool if the the band uh, made an appearance out in Loveland. As they, they will are. be there. They are. They are. That's they great. They are literally That's... leaving Wednesday morning, and they expect the bus ride to take twenty five hours and get there in time for the game. Is my understanding? 
that's that's yeah. awesome it's it's great whenever you can that'll be fun it'll be great to have the the band out there uh it's cool they're making that trip and we've got uh, at least band at, it's band misfits. and misfits yeah, yeah misfits, misfits, and misfits awesome. and a sleeper bus together yeah. awesome that's uh you know it's it, some of these regionals i've been to are just dead they're so dead um and it's you know this year seeing them change the times like they did it was like man the ncaa seems to want to try and do everything it can to make this impossible and harder for fans to to go to games so um it's cool to hear that the tech fans are are, are coming out there you know yep. me selfishly i'm looking forward to seeing my buddy calvin larson uh <laughs> again uh as, as well as uh as well as joey sean joe's uh joe and i go back from his days at, at northern and even when he was an assistant at lake state so um yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a happy surprise to A, be going out to Loveland. I love my Colorado trips and, and B, to be uh, running into tech in a, in a regional because it seems like the past few years. Yeah. It's, we've been it's really close. too bad we had to go this far to play Duluth, right? They can't, we can't play each other in the Midwest. We got to go all the way out to Colorado to have a matchup here. Hey, I once covered Bulldogs Gophers in Manchester, New Hampshire as, as well. So, uh, and there was a fro, I was in Pittsburgh at a frozen four with Minnesota State, St. Cloud and, and umd as as well so that's that's college hockey man we we can't play in in normal uh locations apparently i guess not so anyway thanks for joining us we appreciate you giving us an hour of your time and uh rob and i'll see you out there i'm sure yeah we'll see you sure so yeah we'll grab a beer thanks guys all right thanks yeah talk to you later matt see you the big thing i think that we want to talk about well there's two things the big thing big things we want to talk about the that we haven't talked about yet is the mayhem in Mankato, which we'll get to. But right now, I want to talk about the selection show. What a joke! The, what a the, disaster that is was! The only the, thing I can say there the selection, the selection show. I expected. Yeah. So between between the fact that the women's game apparently somehow went long, which I don't think it did. I think they just, as we said earlier, they just, they just shoved it into a window that it didn't fit into because they wanted to show the celebration. So the men's selection show got delayed like 10 minutes, but then like the app never switched to it in a timely manner. Uh, so whatever the, the selection show happens, they had uh, Buchigross. Uh, who the hell was the other guy? Ricklin? Starman. Starman. Yeah, Starman and Ricklin. And apparently each of them is going to be on the broadcast in the three Eastern regionals. So they had nobody that was supposed to be in Loveland somehow. So they spent time talking about every team in the tournament except Michigan Tech. And then they gave an in-depth analysis of the Worcester Regional the Albany regional and the Allentown regional breaking down every matchup and how they think it might go Yeah, without doing anything like remotely to that extent. They talked, they talked about Denver and how good they are. They talked about, I was it Lowell is the team. They talked about Lowell a little bit when they mentioned the regional and then they brought up and then they brought up the matchup between Duluth and tech. And all they said was, and then the other matchup, Minnesota Duluth, You've got something to say about that, don't you, Starman, or whatever they said. And then he went on like a two-minute rant about how how nobody believed him when he said Duluth is really good. And it was like, what about the other team? You can't mention Michigan Tech. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 a joke, honestly. Like Michigan, Tech, like how does AIC get more airtime than Michigan Tech? How does like 
Yeah, I, I honestly, I mean, I, 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 I completely get how Lowell, UMass, and North Northeastern and Harvard get more because ESPN is in Connecticut. Like, I get it. Like, but Michigan, I don't know. Whatever. It it doesn't matter. It's just annoying that they're. I had another guy say, "What else did he say?" Houghton deserves. Yeah. Okay. What was the other one that was funny? Well, somebody made a comment that he was disappointed that nobody took a jab at Bucci's Ron Burgundy wardrobe. <laughs> didn't notice that. I, we, we were in Costco when it started, so I was watching on my phone. I actually didn't even see the announcement of the Loveland bracket because ESPN decided to get pants on the app, and it showed me an ad for three minutes instead of actually letting me get back to the show. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. What was the other one, though? I don't know. Whatever. It, like It's just annoying that they... Like, uh, I appreciate Starman for taking the time to respond, and I do not blame Starman for not commenting, although he is basically the guy there to represent the West, right? He is the Western guy. The other two are Eastern guys, if I'm not mistaken. No, I, don't, I think the, the other guy is a Michigan grad, isn't he? Well, Rick, so he was more of a Big Ten guy? I think he's a uh, – I'm almost positive he's a former Michigan player, All right. if I remember right. I could be wrong, but I, I think he is. But, uh, yeah, so the name of this episode is Say My Name. And I, <laughs> and I meant to start as soon as, uh, um, as soon as Matt left, I meant to do this. <laughs> How long of that can you play before we get in trouble? Uh, probably. I think that was probably like 10 years off that. We yeah. can call that fair use, and that's yeah. probably about the extent of it. Yeah. So I I really hope Michigan Tech finds a way to win this game to make uh, yeah, it's, I, to, to and I and I can't I I have to imagine that this is bulletin board material for them. Like I, I can't imagine that it's not. And uh, if it wasn't for the injuries, which Joe kind of dodged that question today, Matt, did you listen yeah. to the show? How, how was the show? I wasn't able to I, listen. So I didn't get a chance to listen live, and I don't think it's been posted yet. So no, yeah, no, I don't think so. Posted. I think so. Cal's basically, instead, uh, so. somebody asked Joe the status of the injured players, and Joe said they're injured. <laughs> <laughs> which, uh. which, regardless of whether or not they're playing, I'm not surprised by that answer because there's no reason to give that away right now. Uh, he did say the whole team is allowed to travel, so I'm guessing they're all there. Even Buckley, who I don't expect to be back, the other two I'm hoping can play. Brett's uh, sounded like he was going to maybe be close. Yeah, and I guess maybe that's a disadvantage that he got the Thursday game instead of the Friday game. Uh, but I'm sure he's there, probably skating. Who knows if he'll actually be able to play because it was a upper body injury, right? I think. Yeah, one yeah, of the two injuries you can get in hockey. I just meant it's not a leg <laughs> that he can't be skating while he's yeah. still working on being healthy enough to actually play a game. I know. I just always got to take that jab because in like every other sport, they'll give you a little bit more analysis on it. But in hockey, it's just upper body or lower body. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's almost it's um, become meme material at this point from a hockey perspective. Has, yeah, but... It's like you said on Twitter, Tim, you just got to make sure that the team really takes it to heart. Cause I know if I'm sitting there as a player in an arena with my fans watching us get selected and I don't even hear our team name mentioned, yeah. that's lighting a fire under me. And you've got to make, you've got to give these 
shitheads at ESPN a reason to keep saying their name. Yeah, because I don't remember that happening the other three times. No, they'll at least say something. Like well, I, even if they just said Minnesota Duluth is playing at Michigan Tech, that would have just cooled my jets I, well, well, exponentially. I, yeah. It's a lot easier for for me to accept that they chose not to analyze that regional, but they did mention everybody. Like that's fine. But like I said, like so Starman has access to Instat. Instat has highlights. He could have literally just watched the re- goal reel like a highlight reel on Instat of all of our goals. But I, I don't know. It's just frustrating. Like, and I did find a new thing on Instat. Did you see that, Matt, in the Instat crew thing? Yeah. Where not only can I have a shot chart of what it looks like on the ice, they show you a shot chart of where all the shots hit the goalie. Yep. Yep. I, I never found that till today. So they show you where all the goals were scored, like what part of the net and all the shots were taken. It's such a fantastic tool. Thank you to our sponsors and patrons who made that possible. Thank you very much, uh, Livonia Technical Services, for helping out with that and and all the patrons that chipped in for that and and everybody else that just donated to help us get that. It's great. Uh, We're really excited to uh, get into that over the summer and next season. Um, I did did look at uh, Bemidji State Tech a little bit, Augie hasn't had a chance, I don't think, to run the actual numbers yet. But Bemidji State did not have a single shot that was over 20% chance of going in. So it sounds like they did have some luck that they shouldn't have. Hopefully, uh, uh, I you know, as much as I'm upset that Tech lost and didn't have a chance to win the tournament and didn't have a chance to improve their seating, I think in the end... Joe might be right because of the the grind since Northern canceled that series. That the the week off, yeah, could I think be it's a blessing. Uh, I don't know that imp- improving your seating in this situation. I mean, it's just luck. Like from eight to twelve, I mean, you could there. There's not like, I mean, you you could get an easier bracket or you could get just as tough of a bracket. Right. Well, the only the only I doubt Tech is getting to eight, even if they beat Bemidji and beat uh, Minnesota State. I don't know if somebody has that up and wants to rerun that right now. I can do what we're talking. But if they but if they don't get up to eight, you don't. I don't see the benefit because they're probably still where they are because they get reshuffled there to to keep teams west and east and all that stuff. But if you get up to eight, then you're talking about last change in the first game, which has value. Uh, so I, I see that, but beyond that, like, no, I don't, I don't think it matters. I think with how, how run down the team was the bye week is more important, honestly. And, and hopefully they can do what I remember Denver doing so many times was missing the final five and uh-huh. then going on a run in the tournament, like, cause they got yeah, that see, break. That's and- why I think that I wasn't as bummed out as maybe I probably should have been that they lost Bemidji. Like it was an embarrassing loss, and I did not like that effort that was, at all. But that was the part that, like, I wish I Instat like, had been posted before we broadcast last week, so I had a chance to look at the the expected goals to get a better sense of how we played. But yeah, like, if they had lost that game two to one, like it was one of the Mankato games, or the exact reverse of the Minnesota State Mankato Championship game without the mayhem at the end, like I would have. I wouldn't have been nearly as upset probably because it wasn't about 
what felt like them laying an egg versus them just losing what ended up being a coin toss. You know, and like, also it's it's a lot easier to take a loss in that situation when you're still not over ninety percent chance of making the tournament. Yeah, there's yeah. that. Right. Yeah. Like, right. Right. Whereas, whereas when we lost the Ferris State and the NCH or in the C or WCHA championship semifinals in Grand Rapids, that mm-hmm. knocked us out of the tournament. You can't, right. you can't be happy about that because they knew they had to win to get in. Mm-hmm. This wasn't a win to get in. This was a win to be guaranteed in. But you know, we're still we're dang near guaranteed in afterwards. So yeah. And honestly, yeah, the rest of basically since they lost that game, everything else pretty much i mean all of friday went their way as far as what we wanted to happen to get in like like by the time the duluth uh denver game was over that was already like the third game that had gone the way tech needed one game to go to be in so we weren't on pins and needles this weekend waiting to find out we were guaranteed in as soon as quinnipiac won and I mean, it was a little bit more fun than we would have wanted it to be, provided there was a Bemidji win. But like I said in the write-up that I did in, conduct, in conjunction with the uh, analysis that Dustin gave for the um, our, our predictions on the regionals, this is, in recent memory, the most comfortably Tech has made the tournament. In recent in recent memory, like we got to remember, there were times where they were. <laughs> well, I, I don't think that's in the true day because of the first time they got in when they lost to St. Cloud. That was easier. They were in going into that championship we were, weekend. Yeah, they were going in, going into the whole. They finished you know, what seventh or eighth? Yeah, that was very early on in my the last game. I think. Yeah, very early on in my. It'd be, it'd be interesting if we could look back and see what things were going into that weekend. But I, I yeah. think we we're I think we were five in pairwise going into that weekend. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that'll do it. <laughs> and we beat Bowling Green and lost to Minnesota State and stayed somewhere in the two band, so we were good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, other than that, every other time we've gotten in, in the modern era here has been winning a conference tournament. So that, yeah, this is, this was a nice change of pace to be there, to be in as of, uh, six o'clock central time, basically. That was nice to have it be done by then. So. Well, well, like I, I tweeted it out this evening just before the podcast the line from major league there's only one thing left to do yeah go out and win the whole thing (laughs) yeah yeah that's great well and i think you know i think i said this in both the discord and our in our slack chat like the the road to the championship game dear god i mean michigan tech Let's say Michigan Tech goes on a roll. Most likely, they are playing Denver, or they're playing Duluth. They're playing Denver. They're playing Michigan. And then they're playing, what, Minnesota State, Western, North Dakota, Minnesota. Notre Dame, Minnesota in the championship game. Like, it, it, it's a that, that if they somehow win a championship, nobody's going to say that they lucked their way it's, into a title. It's, it's the a NCAA gauntlet. tournament. There are no easy games in the tournament. But, but, I mean, everybody Except thinks... for maybe American International. I mean... But like you look at uh, like a lot of people think Michigan has an easy road to the Frozen Four. First off, they play American International, and then they get Quinnipiac or St. Cloud. I'm I'm sorry, but if there's one team in this entire tournament that can just smother Michigan and shut them down, it's Quinnipiac. It is, it is, and and um and I think uh, I talked to Dave Ellis a little bit about it. He said as soon as they get 
if they get some referees that they're not used to playing under that style, Michigan's going to be in a world of hurt. As soon as they're not a, like, like apparently I didn't get to watch Saturday night. I didn't watch hardly any hockey Saturday night. Cause I went to the Minnesota United game. Cause I already had tickets to that. And I'd rather go to that than watch a bunch of games. I didn't care about. So, but like, He's, he made it sound like, you know, Michigan got away with a bunch of clutching and grabbing type stuff or whatever against Minnesota and really was physical, whatnot. Like, that's probably not going to fly in a national tournament when you're playing under refs from another conference. Yeah, I don't know. Well, let's pick, let's, let's pick our four teams. All right. Who What's our Frozen Four is going to be? What's our Frozen Four? Shit. No. Do I no have to? Way. Do I have to go with what I put in my THG bracket? I don't That's think so. I'm doing. I don't <laughs> think so. Yeah. I haven't done a bracket yet, so. Uh, I got to pull up my. All right, THG who do we have in Allentown? Out. Michigan, American International, Quinnipiac, or St. Cloud? Dustin. Quinnipiac. Quinnipiac. Rob. Uh, Michigan. Matt. You already know it's AIC. Baby. I know I gotta make buzzing. you say it for the I'm segment. Buzzing with the B. Let's go. <laughs> Does that mean I'm supposed to take St. Cloud? Because I'm not. I'm taking Michigan. <laughs> uh, but I do like Dustin because I yeah, Quinnipiac's the same kind of team where like I feel like I think you said it earlier, like the kind of team that can shut down Michigan is Quinnipiac, right? Absolutely. Like, They've got they the can, defense. They can They've got the, the goaltending. They can smother them, just like Matt talked about Duluth. That style can shut down yep. a team like Michigan, especially with their like their hero ball style of hockey, where it's really not team; it's players. Um, anyway, so yep. let's let's go on to Worcester. So we got Western Michigan, Northeastern Minnesota, and UMass. Matt, hold on. That was. Uh... Northeastern Minnesota and UMass. Um, I got Western Michigan coming out of that. They're just too strong of a team. Rob? Western. Dustin. Minnesota. Yeah, I'm I'm going with Dustin. I got Minnesota. And you know, more than likely it'll be Northeastern or UMass since it's in fucking Massachusetts. But whatever. Uh Albany. So we got Minnesota State, Harvard, North Dakota, and Notre Dame. Uh Rob? Minnesota State. Minnesota State, Dustin. This is this is a tough one, um, but I went Mankato. Okay, Matt. I had to flip a coin between Minnesota State and Notre Dame, and it went Mankato's favor. Does anybody have a different championship game there? I have I, Notre Dame, Minnesota State. I have North Dakota, Mankato. Okay. I have I have Minnesota State coming out of there against Notre Dame, and I that is that that might be one of the the tougher games in my head to pick because I do think Notre Dame is better than a nine, but, and the style yeah. they play is, is tournament hockey. So that's going to be one of the best first round games to watch in my opinion, North Dakota, Notre Dame. No. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Get the two NDs against each other. Who's got the better ND logo, I guess. But... All right. I don't, I don't think Notre Dame keeps it within two. I think, I think North Dakota rolls them. Hmm. I don't know. All right, so on to Loveland, the, the lovely Michigan Tech Regional in Colorado. We got Denver, UMass, Minnesota Duluth, and Michigan Tech. I know what I just said for the last hour. I'm going first. I'm going to pick Tech for the fuck of it. Fuck yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah. That's what we like to hear. Yeah. I like Dustin's line of Say thinking. my name. 
There we go. I like <laughs> Dustin's line of thinking where we get that monkey off the back and go to the frozen four. I didn't say that they, they're going to get the monkey off the back. I just said if they get the monkey off the back, they go to the frozen four. Yeah, I think they do it. I have the see. I think I have the stupid blind confidence that they're going to do it. And then I like where your logic goes with it. Or once it's gone, it's like what happened to Minnesota State last year. They just keep going. So, so you got Texas we'll too, it. Matt. All right, Dustin. Duluth. Rob. Denver. Denver. <laughs> no, that's good. We got a bunch of different picks. I had I I've, have, I've I gone back us, and forth uh, between Duluth and Tech on that one. That's what I've I have done. Us, I have us winning against Duluth, but I have us losing to Denver. I want to see I, two games where I got to wear the jersey. Damn it! Yeah, where I where I'm watching the right jerseys. See, if I was I picking it, with my brain, that's what I would have picked too, Rob. But that's not <laughs> how I pick brackets. Maybe, maybe I should bring my North Dakota jersey so I can be that random North Dakota fan on Saturday. Oh, you don't need to. There'll be. I know. There. I know they'll be there. I know. Yeah, you don't. You don't need to be the guy. They'll take. Care, they'll do the job for you. Every time I thought I, I needed to be the guy, there was like seven of them there. So I do have to find my jersey. So I got to bring an extra one for Britt to wear, and that's gonna like double the size of my carry-on package. Yeah. My carry-on bag. <laughs> all right. So are we gonna go all the way through, or are we gonna we just wait wait through that for this? That's fine. I think just pick the frozen four. Yeah, because I think if we pick a champion before like Frozen Four and Champion actually happens, it kind of it's weird content for this week. Oh, no, weird I, content for fine. next week. So, I I think a review podcast next week is a good thing too. Yeah, yeah. talk uh, about what happened, even if we don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you guys want to touch on? We haven't oh, talked about the mayhem in Mankato yet. Oh, yeah, yeah, we haven't talked about that. Dear God. That seems that's like it that should should be talked about though. Yeah, I we gotta like say something. But I I I uh, I, I think I will just you know I think all of you listening probably know what the hell happened. But you, Minnesota Duluth scored in or Minnesota Duluth Minnesota State scored in overtime to win it. Turns out they actually didn't score. It slid under the net outside the pipe. Uh, so after. Chris Dilks and myself tweeted out video of it. That's when things seemed to hit the fan and seemed to be some motion from the CCHA to actually review it properly and overturn the goal, made the teams get come back out and play. Lots and lots of people have been pissed off about how this went down. Figured if Bemidji State had actually won, that there would be lawsuits and all this other stuff. I don't see it because first off, the rule that everybody's talking about is about it's not concrete at all well hang on matt just it says something about all the players leaving and matt and joe on the show today talked about how the the league as a whole decided that whoever won the conference tournament whoever they played would stay out there for the celebration so the team both teams are still technically on the ice for that celebration so technically everybody has not left the ice which is the contention that I've heard repeatedly for that role 82.1 that everybody's left the ice that didn't happen because they celebrated. So if Saratory waits till the end of that celebration to say something, but everybody hasn't left the ice yet and then they review it, decide they're going to review it, but it takes time to get the refs back. I don't see how they broke that rule. From the decision was made. The decision was made before they left the ice. But it took time to get the refs back to actually do it. So if the decision was made with like 
basically the way that they they made it sound is all the players and coaches knew when they got off the ice that this review was happening. They were preparing to potentially have to go back on the ice. They knew it was going to take time because they knew they were going to flood the ice because of the ceremony that they wanted at good ice. They knew that they were going to give the players a chance to warm up. Like, I don't think they did anything wrong. And I, and I credit the CCHA for not sticking their head in the sand. Like I assume the old WCHA would have to just been like, well, we screwed up. Oh, well, we don't need to tell anybody we did, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a can't win situation because on one hand you've got, um, letting the goal stand and everyone clowns the league because everyone's seen that replay. It's clear as day that puck goes underneath the net outside the posts. And if you're reading a rule that actually applies to the game, uh, rule 83.3, scoring a goal, a goal is scored when the puck initially propelled legally by the stick of a player of the attacking team passes through the goal posts. Yeah. When that's doesn't need to be very that's not clearly. True, it, it, that doesn't, it doesn't need to be the, the attacking team. Well, yeah, but you could put it in your own net. But, you can, but yeah, neither here nor there. That's that's there's a there's a nice concrete rule for you that people seem to be conveniently ignoring and not as mad about. But um, well, I, I like, yeah, no, and there's there's I completely understand a, why some Mankato fans are really upset. I, I completely understand why, my, why some Northeastern fans are upset. I don't understand why an, a Nebraska Omaha fan cares this much. Those are the three groups of people that I got in my mentions all like, this is yeah, dumb. And see, they should be that Lucia should be fired. Um, the big things that I want to talk about out of there, are like what you discussed from the Joe show is it seems like nobody actually involved with the situation is all that upset about it. They think that the right thing happened. Yeah. And the second thing that I want to call out is the series of events that from Mike Hastings recollection, because I watched the show yesterday, Bucci asked him point blank, what happened? Yeah. So he was like, we had the celebration. Saratoria walked over to me and said that the scratches saw this video and it might not be a good goal. So Hastings like grabbed Saratoria by the shoulder, walked him over to Lucia, showed him the thing, and they wanted to get it done the right way, which is incredible integrity by uh, yeah. Hastings, I think. Yeah. But that also means that neither of the teams involved in the situation had an issue with the way that played out. No, and I think and Joe said the same thing on his show today where he talked about how because my question to Joe directly the other night in text was what would you have done if if uh I can't think of his name now because Bergeron came up to him and said I think Hannah was offside in the championship game. Same thing, right? It's an overtime goal winner after we celebrate. What happens if, well, Mel says, fuck you, we won the game. But what does Joe do if Bergeron says, I got another angle, it looks like Hannah was offside? Or what, you know, whatever the case. But there's there's evidence that the goal shouldn't count that won you the championship game. So you have to put yourself in those shoes of, like, what happens if I'm on that side of it? And, and Joe was like, I, I, that's what I want. I want to win on a real goal. I don't want to win on a mistake. Right. And I like, that's how I look at it. Like I don't want want, to be in history as an asterisk. No, I want Minnesota state to win on a real goal. And I don't think they did. It could have been handled much better. The biggest thing here too, is that the video is 
it's conclusive as hell. There is no doubt that it went underneath the net. It's it's, it's impossible it, yeah. to say otherwise. It's not it's like, not like a, it's not like it's an offside where it's like a half where, yeah, inch here there. You the can't skate tell when there's the a player in the, the way. Yeah. 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 There's no doubt that was not a goal on the first goal. Yeah. So that part right there, you know, you're not you're not going to so, it's not but controversial. You, but here's what, what I got to say. Calling. They're Dustin, controversial when it happens. I posted the video. You replied to it going, what am I missing? What did you, how did you miss it the first time? I don't, I, I would not know what I was even looking for. Okay. Like I did, I didn't, I mean, I wasn't even looking to see if it was inside the post or off. Well, the or, first time the I saw it, but I'll that's also, but that's what I Did that go like, I saw, I saw it go in. I saw it hit the back of the net and I thought, that's a goal. And, and it's I, only I, until somebody mentioned that when I assume the side that, I that is exactly what happened with the actual replay official is that he saw it go in his mind basically tricked him into thinking it like he didn't like, it's kind of looks like a magic trick, how it goes in. And you, if you don't, yeah. if you don't think about it enough, your mind just goes, okay, it must've gone in under his skate between the skate or between his pads and the post. And that's how it got there. But then you look at it again and you're like, that's not how it would react if it did that. At first glance, like first time I watched it, I did not even notice that the net was coming up. Yep. You got to watch pretty closely to see that net's coming up. And your assumption is that the net's not coming up until you see that it's coming up. Yeah. But it's really hard to imagine ever that a puck can fit under his skate between his pads and the post with his skate on the post like that's not supposed to fit right mm-hmm, right and that's where you once you realize that by the time he shoots his skates on the post so that's physically impossible or very unlikely then you have to look at it again and i think what tricks you is i have a feeling the puck actually went off the peg and that's why it looks like it that that angle change makes it look like it maybe went around and went off the pads when in reality, it's hitting the peg under the net. And that's why it's got that change of direction. And the other problem is, is the video that uh, I posted doesn't have the right frame rate. So the puck just kind of goes magically from outside to inside. And you don't see it like half covered by the net. Um, so, but I assume that's what happened to the replay official is he watched it expecting it to be like, it was a confirmation bias thing of like expecting it to be a good goal. So you don't yes. see that it wasn't initially. Right. And then once you look at it again and I post my video and Dilks brings up the question on the internet and the players start looking at it, then they start going, I don't think it was. And I think, and, and as we've all said, like, I think the biggest thing is you, you have a, you have an issue going into this of the CCHA is going to look like a clown league, no matter what they do here. They're either going to be called clowns for getting the goal wrong the first time or how they handled redoing it. And I think Don Lucia's answer is the perfect answer to all of this is just, I don't really know if I broke rules. I don't really care because I want, I don't want anybody's career to end on not a goal. And this isn't a goal that happened five minutes beforehand that they never reviewed when they should have in the game. This is literally a goal that ended a game and it should have been reviewed more properly in the meantime. I do think, I do hope that this changes procedure because this should have been a problem that was solved with the goal that Joe Sean wanted to review against Northern earlier this year, right? 
was it Northern? I forget who it was that we lost in overtime and Joe thought it was offside or might've been offsides and wanted to review it, but the cameras were already shut off. Mm-hmm. Like I don't that, remember who yeah. it was. And that was odd because then the refs just skated off the ice and didn't even give like a like hand motion or anything. Yeah. It was just yeah. interesting. Like, like, I think that's like, you would have thought that solution would get solved. And, and if, if there is truth to this rumor that like the, the there was some angle that we got to see which i assume is the the handheld camera behind the net that the broadcast team had that the refs didn't have where it makes it more obvious that the net moved up if that's true that means these replay systems need to be better used to incorporate the broadcast angles that are not part of the replay system itself in nature like that's that has to be fixed because you can't have an angle that TV has that the replay system doesn't and then expect us all to be happy when they get it wrong, when we all got to see that it was the other way. But I, as I said on Twitter and been confirmed by many, many players throughout the the league and Joe Sean and MTU, like I am happy to be part of a league that I feel like did the right thing. Regardless of the crap that they're going to get for and I said essentially what I just did, like in a comment on an, on like everything college hockey is Instagram talking about like how it was an interesting finish. And I was like, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. The first solution is to let a bad goal stand. And the second one is to maybe like, even though it sucks, bring the players back on the ice and decide the game on a good goal. And I'm happy that the latter was chosen. It just, it, it sucks that it happened the way it did, but. Uh, because it's, it's much, just, much worse if Bemidji's home right now thinking that they got screwed yeah. and that they should be in the tournament. And a right. certain yeah. tech hockey guide favorite that plays for Minnesota State ended up liking my comments. So <laughs> there, that was pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. He's already warming up to us. I, I, do, I do think something that we should consider doing after this cools down a bit is actually reaching out to Northeastern's athletic department. And asking what they would have done if Bemidji had won, like would they have actually oh, tried to do no something? There's no way they're gonna. There's no way they're gonna give you any kind of you know well, so. an answer. Well, maybe that. Joe can get an answer from the coaching staff. I know the guy that runs the Northeastern Hockey Blog, and he was the one that was all hot about everything. And I get it. In his shoes, I would be pretty livid about what was happening. If I felt like my team got and... jobbed because some league didn't follow the rules, I get it. <laughs> yeah, but I get it. But like talking about injunctions and lawsuits and all that stuff like i reached out to our lawyer uh uh, a lawyer friend that used to have something to do with tech hockey guide and he was basically like if i was the judge on that case i would have just not heard the hearing till friday and been like oh it's moot now bemidji already played (laughs) let the problem solve itself yeah the more interesting question is does the NCA step in and be like, you did this wrong if Bemidji wins that has nothing to do with court? I've seen that know. comment I, too. I just, I just think either way, it's a discussion in that like coaches meeting that happens in Florida between all the conferences or whatever. I just, yeah. no matter what, I think it's a conversation about what protocol happens in that kind of a situation, but I don't know if Bemidji winning really changes that. I just think either way, this is a situation where like, Hey, what do you do when, this kind of a thing happens because in my eyes, I think the CCHA handled it. They handled a bad situation as well as they could have, but 
Yeah, I mean, could there be a, a, a different procedure going forward? I mean, quite possibly, and maybe that requires better equipment. Maybe that's a statute of limitations on how long a review can take. It's just, I understand that something needs to change, but given what we have right now, it's it was the best solution, I think. Especially okay. because the goal, the goal that Minnesota State won on was uncontroversial as they come, right in the net, clean off of a of a shot off the top of the circle, going nowhere near it. Yeah. No, no question about whether it went under a pipe. Like it was, it was just a good, clean goal. There's no asterisks next to Minnesota State's championship. Yep, agreed. I don't think they, given the situation, I don't think it could have been handled better by what they did. Anything else? No, I think that covers uh, most of it. One minute remaining in the podcast. I'm sure we will talk about that more this off season. I'd like to try and get Don and. And Kevin on, because I think my biggest question in all of this isn't to name names, but to be like, is it safe to assume that Kevin was in charge of reviewing that goal at the time it happened? Or was there somebody else that Kevin is over the top of doing that? And like, was the proper, like, I don't, how do you, how do you prevent this from happening again, basically? But anyway. Uh, that should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Please check out our Patreon and join by visiting patreon.com slash Guide. Patrons at the white level or above get access to our quarterly Zoom chats featuring guests like uh, John Scott, Joe Sean, Brad Patterson, Cam Ellsworth, and access to Instat-heavy analytical articles coming soon. I keep saying that. I know they'll be here before next season. We'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, patrons at the black level or above get access to extra podcast content including extended versions of pretty much every podcast that doesn't involve me shooting a nail in my hand uh patrons at the goal <laughs> level or above receive access to unfiltered youtube videos of the podcast each week and then we've got a higher level than that where you get the audio as soon as it's done processing on usually the night of the podcast we'll see if that happens tonight or not follow us on twitter at chasing mac pod or at tech hockey guide you can submit questions through Twitter, Facebook, or on our Patreon page. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I think we've got it everywhere that most of you listen, so I don't need to say that. Uh, please rate, review, and share the podcast with your friends uh, so we can get more listeners. That rating is a really big deal. If you can give us five stars on there and leave a review, Dustin will read the review on the podcast. Uh, once again, thanks to our sponsors, Fibke Dental and Rhinelander, Wisconsin, and Lavonia Technical Services. Special thanks to Mitch Lake for recording our introduction and our patron saint, Dr. McRezin, for his generous donation to get this thing running. We hope you enjoy. Finally, thanks to the thank you notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode. If you like what you hear, check them out at thethankyounotes.bandcamp.com. Say my name. been listening to 
the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, presented by Tech Hockey Guide, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA.